Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our lesson is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, through chapter 11, verses 1 through 16, if you wish to follow along in your Bible. Paul speaks to women of Corinth in regard to proper public worship. Pastor Harris outlines this instruction for behavior in four points. That which is, number one, symbolized by culture, verses 2 through 6. Number two, specified by scripture, verses 7 through 12. Number three, substantiated by nature, verses 13 through 15. And number four, summarized for all in verse 16. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he sorts this all out in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Heads, Hair, and Hats. All right, tonight we're going to talk about heads, hair, and hats. And this is where I have jumped over myself once. I wanted to deal with the passage from 1 Corinthians on uh, the Sunday morning of communion. So Sunday morning, we jumped ahead of this passage. Now we're going to back up and take care of of this one. It's not going to be maybe as long of a study as usual, but um, I think it will take you uh, to something interesting and help you uh, not only with this passage, but also with how to handle passages like this that mention things that are not uh, for universal application. Now, 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, and 14, these four chapters contain a string of uh, subjects that are all related by the fact that they are correcting errors that were going on in public worship in the church in Corinth in the first century during Paul's lifetime. Uh, The subject that's in the crosshairs of our text is not something that I think has ever been discussed at Heritage Bible Church. And the reason is, uh, or this passage is, I should say, the reason why in some churches women are expected to or required to wear hats or scarves to cover their head. Now, I see that's not real popular here. I think we have a bow, we have a pair of sunglasses, um, don't see anything else on, uh, on the heads uh, tonight. Um, and, and you'll see that this wearing something specifically on your head is not how to apply this passage, but it does deal with that. I'm going to direct our study to the broader subject of the proper roles of men and women in worship, because that is underlying our text. Um, I'm not all that interested in uh, the subject of feminine fashion for church gatherings. Um, I don't really want to go there. But that said, it was a big issue in the cultures that fed into the church in Corinth. We know that when Paul went to Corinth, he did what he always did. He started in the synagogue, started with the Jews. Well, we know from the writings of Jewish rabbis, the collection of writings called the Mishnah, uh, collected over centuries, that the rabbis required Jewish women to cover their heads. 
Some of the rabbis said that a bareheaded woman, that is meaning without a covering beyond her hair, could be summarily divorced by her husband. Now, that wasn't the normal view, but that tells you some people got pretty riled up about that. We know that the roots of the, of the church at Corinth started in the, the synagogue, so that means that that Jewish cultural practice was part of the history of this church. And those practices uh, not only were from the Jewish roots, but they were uh, amalgamated and sometimes confused with the culture and morals of the Greek city of Corinth and the Greek religions. That included both the idolatrous things and the very worldly things for which that, that city was famous. Now, we also know that the culture in Corinth influenced that church to be, I guess we would say, careless about many things, and we've already seen some of them. But in our text tonight, 1 Corinthians 11, um, 1 to 16, we're going to see the design of God for the outward expression, carefully worded, the outward expression of the roles of women in public worship. We're going to see that design of God symbolized by culture, verses 2 through 6, specified by nature, 7 through 12, substantiated, I'm sorry, specified by Scripture, 7 through 12, substantiated by nature, 13 through 15, and summarized for all. Now, if you're observant, you'll notice I said we're studying verses 1 through 16, and you'll notice that verse 1 is missing from our outline. Now, that's because there's an unfortunate placement of a chapter break there. Um, this verse, verse 1, appears to go much better with what we call chapter 10 because of tradition. Uh, look how it connects and how it fits with Paul's instruction at the end of chapter 10, which was about how to best use your liberty in Christ. If you put that end of that chapter with chapter 11, verse 1, it reads very smoothly. Whether then, starting at 1031, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many so that they may be saved. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. You see, that, that fits verse 1. But starting uh, the next section with be imitators of me as I am of Christ, by the way, cover your head, ladies, that, that doesn't really flow. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. And remember, the chapter and verse divisions came way after the writing of the book. So it makes more sense to say, be imitators of me as the conclusion of what he wrote about how to use your liberty, and especially how to use your liberty to build relationships with people. And so those relationships can be the bridges over which truth is passed to people who need to hear the gospel. All right, now to the business at hand. The design for God for the outward expression of the roles of women in public worship was symbolized by the culture. And I, this isn't really complicated. We're going to take it in clumps, if you will, and then save some time, I, I hope, to show you how we've applied it. So, 1 Corinthians uh, 11, 2 through 6. I think my slide says 1 through 6, and that's wrong because I tricked myself by putting verse 1. Okay, he says, Now I praise you 
Because you remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. So he's saying, I I taught you some of these things. Then he goes on to say, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of a woman and God is the head of Christ. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. All right, now remember, this is about the outward display of the relative roles of men and women in public worship. The word head here is used for your thing that sits on your neck, but also when it's used metaphorically, head is used here to imply a position of authority and responsibility. Man has authority and man has responsibility in, re- in relationship to a woman. He's obviously uh, discussed talking about marriage there and roles of men and women in public worship. The roles of men and women are symbolized in every culture everywhere, including the culture of Corinth, including the culture of Boise, Idaho in the 21st century. There are always ways that things are shown to be or demonstrated to be a certain way in whatever part of the world you're in. The essence of these verses is that men and women should follow the general customs of their world concerning the differences between the sexes. Women should not take on the appearance of men and vice versa. And by the way, that wasn't new and that wasn't radical. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5 says, A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, I've been a Christian for a little over a half century. I actually was in places where I heard that verse quoted back in the 1960s to say that it's sinful for a woman to wear pants, okay, written by a guy who wore a toga. Okay. Some, sometimes you just shouldn't even try to go there. It's too absurd what you do with Scripture. Men should look like men. Women should look like women. Does that vary from culture to culture and century to century? Absolutely it does. And some women in the church in Corinth were obviously not acting respectfully of the distinctions between masculinity and femininity in their world and in their church. In that culture, a woman could clearly identify herself, as is true today, with respectable women or with disrespected women by how she dressed and how she conducted herself in public. You don't need any explanation of that. You can see when someone is trying to 
rebel against a custom or attract attention to himself or herself. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.